thinking about because it's so strange for me um, that I was in a meeting. I was invited. I was invited by these two friends. It's a couple, and and they invited me to this meeting. Do you remember the meeting I told you, my these prophetic people and stuff? Yeah. There is a, a whole side that it's a bit strange for me, but there are very you know wholesome people there and this lady comes to me and she starts praying for me and she asked me do you have children and I'm like no I don't and then she starts saying telling me that I am a fertile soil and that my you know all these wonderful things and I'm like lord is this really you because it's so you know so impossible in my human mind you know and I know God is is not limited by our mind of course not mm -hmm. but it's like Lord this would be for me like seriously and I'm being very serious to you guys like it would be part of like the miracle that he did for my mom you know because I like I'm already past you know 38 years old and it's like it is something that only God can do, right? And so, um, yeah. So, hey, hey Claudia, it's don't, a, don't compare yeah. to 38. Compare to Sarah at 90. Hallelujah. Even more crazy. <laughs> That's the reality. Yes. You know, and, sometimes... And you know, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Claudia. Go ahead. No, no. And, and that I've also told you, Mark, before when we talk about this thing that remember the guy that was getting a bit too close to me and and yeah and and I was telling Mark Kelvin because there was a kind of like a friend I was participating in a group of translators that were volunteering remember the chosen that I told I think yeah, I told yeah, you guys yeah, about yeah. a while ago yeah. And it's a series about the life of Jesus and there was this guy that was kind of coming you know and and texting me a lot and well anyways and I was telling Mark you know what Mark the thing is that now like my mind has been open to different things like I cannot settle for just you know and I don't want to be I don't want to sound like I'm too good no but you know what I mean like when you your mind has been open to a different reality then you cannot um, mm. settle that's the word you cannot settle that's right. And, and then it's like I was telling Mark the other day, I've been thinking about I'm, I'm by myself here and I share with different groups of people like you guys and people like real people. I mean, people that are physically with in, me as in well person, yeah. in person. Yes. But I don't have a family like a local family yet because I'm waiting on the Lord. I, I was telling Mark the other day, I know exactly that the Lord took me out of this family or congregation I was in, but I'm not, I don't have any indication of where to go. And so in my mind, it's like weird because how, if this is really, I was telling the Lord, Lord, if this is really going to happen, like how? I don't, I'm not even part of a network like a physical okay, so, people, you know so, what I mean? Yeah. So let me interject. Two things on my mind. Uh, the first, <laughs> the first one I wanted to say, I will set it um, as a second. So um, you, you, you just have to be like Mary, 
and uh, receive it in faith. It says, Amen. Uh, let it be unto me according to your word. Hallelujah. So according to your word, lifts everything from beyond our human perspective, our human struggles, and places Amen. it in the hands of the power of God. Mm -hmm. uh, according to your word, yeah. uh, has everything, um, the Amen. same intensity, the same backing, the same resources, the same approach that God will want to apply to achieve the things you want to achieve. So uh, also, according to your word, is um, receiving it with all the consequences it brings. And so um, you, you just have to receive this and be in the position of uh, Mary. That's Faith. number one. If faith, yes. And number two, so how can this be? He says the power from on high will overshadow you. The power from on high will overshadow you. The power from on high will overshadow you. She said how too. Yeah, how? <laughs> how? The power how? from on high will overshadow you. Yes. And that is where the miracle oh, comes from. So you just receive God's word for what it is and take God seriously for what he has said and hold him dear to what he has spoken. Hallelujah. And the power from on high will do the thing they ought to do. And secondly, just like you said, the lady was saying you have children and this and that, and you have children and all kinds of weird stuff. You're fertile Sometimes I realize that you are actually speaking You're breaking up. Is it only on my side? You're breaking you're up. Breaking. Ah, you're breaking up. Uh, so let me do it. Let me, let me do this. Um, just a moment. I want to connect this. I'll connect this device. Let me see if the connection will be better. You have two phones, um, Mark? You're fancy. <laughs> 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 no, this, this was given to me by the office. They gave me one. I think just about one week. One week it fell from my hand. And oh. then, uh, cool. I went back to the office to go and protest. <laughs> I went to the <laughs> office to, to go and protest. And so eventually they got this, they got this for me. Um, it's, it's not bad. It's not bad. So I use, okay, I can show you. I use, I use a very simple phone here to do uh, my live broadcast every Sunday. And um, that's a Huawei, a Huawei phone. And these people... I'm told that they have uh, they have a new phone, and I'm like, okay, because the first one worked well, I wouldn't mind to. So just a moment, let me connect this. Let's see if this works better. Let's see if this works better. Let's see if this works better. Oh, let's see. Okay. Eight. Seven. Let's see if it works better. Connect it. Okay, let's see. So one moment. One more. I think we lost him. We did? Oh, All right. It's, he's still there. He's still there. Oh, no, it seems to be there, but like yeah. in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is this be is it better? It is. Yes. Okay. Okay. So um so you 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 sometimes I've realized that you speak a prophetic word of a person and they have no clue absolutely 
about what is it, where it's going, and what's happening. So um, then I've discovered over a period of time that if people begin to grow into an understanding of the, prof the prophetic word that is spoken over them, uh, because all current platforms and evidences points nothing to that word that is spoken, it has no correlation to that thing that is spoken. So when such words come, now with the expanded understanding that you would have received from the Lord, you want to begin to apply it prayerfully. You want to engage God over it so that you can have the results that God will, will show you. So that is something I would want to just throw in. Uh, Kelvin, I don't know if you have anything to say. Yeah. We, uh, we, we have, maybe after one or two comments, we just have to get started. Okay. I don't intend to be lengthy today. Sincerely on my part, I'm so tired. Yeah. Yeah. I would want to catch sleep and be up early. Like this, this don't, maybe perhaps God wanted me to speak with you, Kelvin. <laughs> I was just lying there. <laughs> And I had a dream, some people fighting, like a, a police officers and some people on the street fighting. Man. So I woke up. And when I woke up, I picked my phone and went to sit in the living room. Then I checked and I saw your message. just about 3.30 a.m. Mm -hmm. And so I felt also that God wanted me to pray and God wanted me to also speak with you. Most probably, I wouldn't have seen it until about 5 a.m. or something. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I could just go in there, my body will check up and I'm awake. So Kelvin, any thoughts um, um, as Claudia spoke? Close this up. Yeah, uh, Claudia talked about not settling. Claudia, um, I, would, I would go back over the story of Esther. I keep seeing mm -hmm. Esther with you and Mark is your Mordecai. Mark is your Mordecai. He is oh, that's so nice. Yeah, Mark is your Mordecai. He, he's the one that, uh, you know, that prophetically like covers you and just kind of, he, he shows you the things that, to get you ready for that time, you know? Right. And so God has given the word for you. So just be encouraged with that. But um, yeah, when Mary said, how can these things be? So since I don't know a man, she was thinking biology. Right. That's true. Yeah, she was similar, thinking similar but in a different way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so God moves outside of the parameters of biology and all of those things. But mm -hmm. yeah, so so yeah, Claudia, just open your heart to just say, "Be it done unto me," like Margaret said. Be it done unto me, like Mary said. Be it done unto me because my head doesn't understand it, but my heart wants to receive it. And most things mm -hmm. that God gives mm -hmm. us are too big for our minds. Right. So we have to put it in our hearts and receive it mm -hmm. inside of our hearts. So Mary didn't mm -hmm. understand the word any better, but she, it dropped down from her thinking to her heart. Be it done unto mm -hmm. me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's the posture of the heart. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank yeah. you, brothers. Yes. And I was also thinking that not only about that, but about this job thing that is going on. I, I was one day I was reminded of the same thing that you just said that if I believe this, which I do, that is comes from God, of course, then I start to, I have to start acting in that way as if it's already, you know, like, like maybe I cannot see how this is going to come to fruition 
but I will already start acting as if I, you know, I don't know if I'm. No, I know exactly what you're saying. Like, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to look at how you want to look at who, who you're becoming and who it right. is sponsoring you. Right. Right. Who are you becoming? Right. It's not the, it's not the what, but it's the who. It's not the how, right. but the who. And so, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yes. And, and start, and start already living in that way as if I were, or, you know, right. like That's beforehand, exactly. not to, exactly. not to wait, not to wait until it happens, but to just start living as if I am yeah, even in the it. job situation. Absolutely. You know? God told Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, watch this. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. Mm. How did he know him? He knew him by purpose. By, wow. by God's design. He knew him by purpose. And so it's the same with all of us. And he said, I sanctified you and ordained you to be a prophet. So these things happen before he ever arrives in the earth. So Jeremiah is living with a sense of purpose because he's called to be a prophet. He's been sanctified by God mm -hmm. and he doesn't man, he doesn't need man's endorsement. You know. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Thank yeah, you, so brothers. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. <laughs> Amen. Beautiful. It's gonna unfold. Thank you, Mark. Beautiful. Hey Timmy, I think Timmy is just getting corrected. Hey yeah. Timmy. Hey Timmy. I don't see her. her. Yeah, so she's coming up. Uh, her network has been so terrible oh. uh, lately, but uh, I pray that she's able to get through. So let me just switch my video off and I'm just yeah. going to share some brief notes and do some recap. And then um, at the same time, uh, see if I can set one foot forward. Uh, there's so much in my notes to share. I thought today would have been the last one, but last night as I was preparing um, uh, on, on this last part, still talking about marketplace invasion by the Ecclesia, it does appear to me that the Lord has much more to say to us than um, my little head could comprehend. And so some things were thrown in and um, most probably, most probably, the next session of Ecclesia, we could discuss this thing rather than me teaching them. Maybe I could just throw in some spanner. I could just throw in some framework. And then we could just get into a discourse over them. But this evening, I just want to go back to our discourse on Ecclesia and do some minuscule um, recap because if you want to do the recap of everything we've done, I have it done almost about 14 sessions in all or more, then I don't know if we can go through that. So we've been talking about rediscovering God's Ecclesia and the issue borders on an authentic, relevant, functional living uh, where we live, work and pray and play. Where we live, work and play you know the world um Kevin you and I have had this conversation before about practicalities of things about making things evident um 
the teaching and, and the principles of, of putting out the principles of the word of God out there is all good. But without an accompaniment of love, without the other side of the edge coming along, without a portrayal and an evidence-based existence of those principles, it's almost to be described like somebody said, um, to key somebody with a bad, a bad breath. The, as good as the keys may be, as good as the keys may be, there is no way that um, that keys will be countenanced properly because it comes with some faulting in there. So um, looking critically at the Ecclesia, there is something that we will have to embrace so that we can move away completely from wordsmithing. We can move away from paying mere lip services. We can move away from um, the practices that we have known because the nature of the Ecclesia, I think I ever stated it somewhere and it may be on this call. I said, if we rediscover the nature of the Ecclesia, our true identity, it sets out the true dynamics, a rediscovery of what evangelism ought to be because it's an authentic, relevant, always on the edge. And it is functional. It's not, it's not dysfunctional. A lifestyle inside where we live, work, and play. So this evening, this is what I want to look at. Um, we've, we, 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 we've been looking at uh, some of these things under the broad topic, ecclesiastical strategy, activation and installation. And then um, today we want to talk about ecclesia in the marketplace, invasion and installation. So how do we move this ecclesia activity from what we have known traditionally as church? That is what I'm driving at. What we've known traditionally as church is about generally in many aspects about saying, saying, talking, talking, talking. But how do we now make this whole thing a double-edged sword? When Jesus say, said, go into the world and preach, that word preach has several facets to it when you do a research on that. That word preach speaks of manifest, make evident, to shout it out, to make a herald. So as we shout it out and we write it out and we record it and all of that, there has to be an evidence-based existence inside the marketplace. Now, let's also take note, we are talking about the marketplace so that um, the ecclesia's existence goes beyond um, the four walls of the church. It is, it is Brenda in the marketplace in real estate. It is Claudia carrying out her work and her service as unto the Lord, even though she probably could be under um, 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 like Atazeses, like the king inside some, some, some gentle, gentle empire. Even though you could be working for the most cruel um, institution filled with tyranny, and I'm saying this generally, um, 
you are actually within the important to expand it to me in my understanding. Particularly, there was a statement I read from, um, was it Rick Joyner? And let me see if I can just find it and read it to your hearing. Uh, it's, it blew me away. I think for a number of days, I kept it on my status. And this statement has to do with chaos and the Holy Spirit, how he loves the opportunity to be located within chaos. I, I kept thinking about it and just opposing myself, fixing myself inside, inside the space of corruption. As heartbreaking as it may be, look at what he said. He said in Genesis chapter one, we see the, that the Holy Spirit move upon the chaos and look at the beautiful creation he brought forth. He seems to thrive in chaos. I am like, what is this guy talking about? What is the Lord saying? He seems to thrive in chaos. He does not leave you in it, but he knows how to deal with it and loves the opportunity. So I started wondering to myself, uh, me as a servant of God, servant of God as an accountant, that is a servant of God, a nurse. Maggie is a, is a nurse. Um, 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 uh, Temi is a teacher, the school owner. That is a servant of God. Kelvin, preacher, counselor. That is a servant of God. Claudia in the UN space, that is a servant of God. All of these dynamics, how do we express it powerfully within the marketplace and carry out our service, services as unto the Lord? So these are some of the things provoking. So Ecclesia strategy, activation installation. How do we activate the Ecclesia? We talk about a bit of those. How do we set up the Ecclesia in a local community to begin to bring about transformation within our society? where we talk, if you remember very well, where I showed a video of one farmer that decided to give his neighbors good seeds, the adoption of your neighbors. And Kelvin asked the question, who is your neighbor? Very important question that uh, is worth going back to for a serious conversation so that we can enter into a transformational state. And how do we install it? How do we embed this thing like a virus? Some viruses, some years back, it was said that Israel and another country came together and developed two viruses. One of them was called Tunet. The other was called Dudu. D-U, I think D-U-D or something, Dudu. And I think one of them had this functionality of self-destruction that it could enter into your system, turn on your camera, turn on all kinds of devices, copy stuff and relay it to a server that is sitting in a base somewhere. When all of that is done, it self-destruct. It deletes itself from your, your computer systems. Tunet. One of them was Tunet. One was called Dudu. Several years ago, they designed that. How do we, how do we become God's beachhead? Like a fifth column dimension inside Babylon. Like a worm that is living deep inside. That huge thing that is standing and looking beautiful but only for a little trust through the belly, everything begins to be exposed. It is all eaten up and destroyed and it's just going to fall. This is where God is going. God will want to have this ubiquitous spread, this all over the place people 
company of people everywhere in the earth. That is why the Ecclesia is a people movement. The Ecclesia is not an institution. The Ecclesia is not an organization. It's a people movement. It is the way we live. It is the way we conduct our affairs. It is the way we carry ourselves. It is the way we live, the way we conduct our affairs that we carry ourselves. So that said, let me just touch on some few recaps. It is important we, we hear those and then we'll put one foot forward to see where we can, we can go, okay? So, so, so let's see. Let's remind ourselves. So we have been on this fascinating journey of exploring the, the rediscovery of the broad framework of the matrices of God's ecclesia. So uh, largely what we've taught here has kind of laid out the broad extensions, the broad contours, the borderline, like a, a broad uh, 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 brush up to some of these things. Some places we've gone in a bit specific. What we will need to begin to do after some of these conversations is to see how we can drive deeper, we can, we can locate ourselves properly and begin to explore models and begin to explore specifically what works and, and, and design of the spirit and go out there and begin to function more, much more deeply and create an impact. Some of the stories that um, I've listened to last week and this week really challenges my faith and leaves me to sit down and think deeply. Because what is the whole essence of preaching and teaching is to see transformation, that lives will be changed, that Christ will be formed in a people. I'm, I'm listening to stories across somewhere in Southern America where, where a whole gang group is busted simply because an ecclesia, a people, decided to stand. I'm hearing a story about somebody who just decided to go to the city gate um, of his city and fast 21 days and pray. Not that he decided, God spoke to him to do that. And each day, the media came to him to listen to what God had to say and published it. That led to a whole transformation, the depth of which we can get into much later. So we've been on this fascinating journey and looking at the, the administrative extension of heaven, the administrative extension of heaven in the earth. And that is what we are. We want to think about that statement, the administrative extension of heaven in the earth. We are God's legs, we are God's eyes, we are God's voice, we are God's people, we are God's hands. That will touch the world if they cannot see God. That is why it calls for authentic living, not a realistic piece of paper. So that is something we will individually have to begin to look into our world and have ourselves confronted. Look, I was listening to a story by um, an apostle. And he said one day he was complaining to God about his neighbors. So look at him, this is an apostle, this is a preacher. He was complaining to God about his neighbor. He said, God, look at that man. That man and that woman always every night giving us sleepless night, shouting in our ears, Lord, we don't want them as neighbors anymore. They are sinful people. Then he said, look at that young boy. 
that is on the street, always with drugs and all of that. He is a bad example for emerging generation. The father sent an angel with a flaming sword to guard away and prevent him from coming towards my daughter. <laughs> and he zeroes in on another. He said, look at that woman that is always alcoholic. She will soon burn her liver and releasing curses upon the society around him. And almost as if God whispered to him and said, you know what? I love them and I extend grace to them. But one more thing, I have always never wanted them to know that I have a relationship with you. And he said, God, why are you saying this to me? He said, God said, because you do not love them the way I love them. They feel my love, they know my love, but you were supposed to be that authentic um, source among them to reveal God. You don't love them and you claim you preach God and all. So that changed him. And he started seeing cities all getting transformed and systems being overthrown, companies turning around, businesses turning around and all. So we want to understand that we are God's administrative extension in the earth. Every resource comes through us. He passes it through us. So heaven's resource happens to be available to us, number one. We are God's expression in the earth. God's expression in the earth. I want us to just think deeply and think like, like, like a child. Like a child would think deeply about these things and, and kind of salivate and and uh, drool uh, after these things and, and, and live in wonderment. That simplicity of faith. God's resources are available to us. God's administrative extension. Heaven's administrative extension in you. Expression of God. So even, then what happens to me? How do I live? How do I conduct myself? Look, I'll tell you literally, I, I have had um, um, situations where people who are very close will do everything to discredit you. And you're beginning to wonder if you should love them or what posture should you keep. All kinds of vices will rise through your mind. But what would the world around you say concerning that situation? So it calls for deep wisdom and a response out of heaven that will silence the naysayers, will silence the naysayers and will send the voice of salvation and wisdom to the people involved without you living under any, any, any power of blame. So we are his expression. We, we were, we've been looking at the abiding validity of the potency of the ecclesia, that abiding validity, how they change societies, how they shift the cultures. One scripture that has been provoking me in a few days, let me throw it at you, is found in the book of um, Acts chapter 5, the verse 28. Please, let me just, let me just pull it and read it. And it, it, it provokes me a number of them, but this one, let me just read it. It provokes me in a way. It, it leaves me turning and tossing and never want to go beyond here. Let me just see and discover what it is. Acts chapter 5, the verse 28. Look at what it says. 
It says, saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, and look, and look, and look, it's evidence. And look, behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. My goodness, the whole of Jerusalem filled with the doctrine of Christ. How come my neighborhood is not filled? Those are the questions I'll be asking. The whole Jerusalem filled with the doctrine of Christ. So these are some of the things we've been looking at about the Ecclesia. The potency, the abiding validity of its potent nature. The abiding validity of its potent nature. You have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine. Let's remind ourselves better. We have examined how to one, to one, how we can how we can rise up, transform from man-made system, its religion, its vestiges and the accompaniments into our true nature, identity, and expression of life. And that is what we call the ecclesia. Moving away from organized man-made religion and being an ecclesia, an existence that is a people movement that is not an institution, an existence that is relational, that is full of fellowship without, that is not come. Um, I remember one of the calls, when we were ending the call, it was almost impossible for us to get off the call. I'm sure some of us can remember that. Almost impossible. The joy, the liquid love, the the, the, the power of God, even though we are poles and miles far away, is a people movement held together. It springs out of the world of the life wrath in us through the cross of Christ. It is beyond dogmas. It is beyond institutionalization of doctrine and systems and all. So we've been learning through this process, how do we transform from this man-made system, its religious vestiges and appendages into our true nature, our identity and expression of life. We've also looked at how do we become portals of kingdom influences, portals of kingdom influences, portals, portals, underline that in your thought, portals, open doors of kingdom influences in the hostile environment. So remember that statement again about how, remember that statement again about how the Holy Spirit loves the opportunity to live in the midst of the chaos. There's a scripture in the book of Romans. I can't readily lay hold of it, but it says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. And that little piece of scripture can throw you into the question of what does spiritual warfare look like? Do we elevate peace more than the warfare we know? That the crushing of Satan is going to come through peace. The God of peace. Under your feet, under the feet. So there is a way we have to begin to operate in the hostile environment. Liquid love must go up. Where we work and play. By 
So we, we, we've been exploring this. We've been, yeah, Romans 16, 20. Thank you, Romans 16, 20. They're God of peace. Ah. So we've been learning to become portals of kingdom influences in the hostile environments where we live, work, and play by transforming those political and sociocultural landscapes of such society. And that is what I would describe in my notes. If you were seeing my notes this evening, you would have seen it written, we become the voice of God. In becoming the voice of God, it means that we become the agenda setter. We determine what happens in the society. And this is something we want to begin to explore. So I thought my notes were going to end, but something is coming up the more. How do we become the agenda setters within the community? How do we call the shot? How do we determine the things that happen? How do we influence the policies that are made? These are questions that are on my mind. I really, really have become sober for a few days now because I really want to move away from just talking. I want to see the tangibilities of it. Now, let me, let me throw this at you. I threw it on our platform, um, Basilian Newsfears platform, and people were like, hmm. I said, think, think about this. The, what kind of churches did Apostle Paul raise? What kind of churches did he plant? These churches had only the Old Testament and the sayings of Christ in their head. Perhaps somebody scribbled something somewhere. But it was so potent, so powerful, so penetrative in the environment. I have the New Testament. I have the Old Testament. I have the sayings of Christ. I have the sayings of the apostles. I have the Holy Spirit. Why is my community not so potent and powerful? So if care is not taken, we will take Bible and take the culture of the apostles and their saying, and we will plant it within a context of our understanding and we'll continue to run the way we are running traditionally. It is time that we break out of tradition. We break out of tradition and begin to enter into a very potent understanding that shapes things. So we've been learning. We've been learning our constitution and representation as being normative, normal, the new normal. Our constitution and representation is normative. Now, I'm going after something. In the Roman Empire, if you remember very well in my notes, having taught some time back, we said that the Greeks actually brought the idea of ecclesia. But the Romans took it and they, they took it further. They took it beyond leap and bounds and did something else with it. So in the Roman society, they had what they called convertus, convertus Romanus, like convertus. In the Latin, convertus is the word, convertus Romanus. Now, it holds the idea. What I describe as a critical mass. You remember Jesus said, where two or three are gathered. Where two or three are gathered. Just where two or three are gathered. Matthew 18, just two or three. This is right there. So you can be far away and be on the boat and sailing two or three gathered. I'm far away inside the heart of a very corrupt institution that are processes warped, that has all kinds of things not in place. The human life is not of value. 
in a manner I can live under the most tyrant institution. Where two or three come together, he says, I'm right there. So this is what, let me just go into a bit of the Latin background. Conventus means assembly or meeting, assembly or meeting. And with this word, um, the Spanish, uh, maybe Claudia is here, the Spanish says convento. So the joint meaning of Roman and indigenous people, that's what it means, Romans and indigenous, indigenous people, Romans and indigenous people, who advise a governor in the administration of justice were designated. So you see, um, meaning, meaning get um, trans, meaning, meaning of words get become transfixed as they are used and applied. But the original Roman context, convertors represent two, three Romans, wherever they are gathered. It is, it is promised that when they gather, even in Ghana, the Roman Empire's authority is in their midst. They are gathered together to deliberate concerning whatever the authority of the emperor and the kingdom from where they come is found right among them. So Jesus is using that, that statement in Matthew chapter 18, of which I love to always read the um, message translation. He actually stated clearly that when Kelvin, Claudia, Mark, when Timmy and the husband come together to just sit and have a conversation about the kingdom, about the children, about an, uh, uh, the issues that are going on with projects, businesses, when Mark and Gilda interact and convert to kingdom of heaven, ecclesia, critical mass is launched out. Converters of God is release. It is important. I don't know why I'm doing this recap. I said last week on the call that um, I will do the recap in another way. And exactly, I feel God is helping us get there. It changes the tremendous power we carry before. This understanding is what these apostles walk in that shifted society. They knew when they gathered at any moment, heaven has no excuse to be a part of it. So the Convertus Romanus held it that where more than two, two or more, sorry, where two or more Romans gather, the power of Rome was activated and present among them. So the power of heaven get activated and present. So Claudia, to some, um, some of the questions and answer is here. Where two or three gathered, the whole heaven is invoked. So sometimes people could judge us and we want to give all due respect to the church as they know it and honor it. You know, in our, our local palace, they said the fetish priest that was by the sick man or the sick person until the, the proper fetish. The person is just to say that the person 
who was watching over the sick and the sick did not die until the proper doctor arrived. Wait, when they honor the proper doctor, they must honor that fetish priest. So, you know, a fetish priest is a negative uh, stuff, a contest. So, we must honor him too. So, we want to give all that glory and honor and uphold church uh, all, but we have to go beyond our traditions. We have to go beyond where we have reached. We have to go beyond the things that are not working. We have to begin to transform our, our churches to become ecclesias, to become convertists, wherever our people are located. If, can you imagine we start raising a generation like this? What do you think will happen? Very powerful thing will happen in life. So let me look at one scripture and then I would stop. Let me look at one scripture and I'll stop. So that is just a brief recap. There's more to be said. But that is just a brief recap. We can take it again and touch on other aspects if God permits next week. So let me just talk about the marketplace invasion. We want, we want to invade the market. Some of us are already in the marketplace. Or all of us are already in the marketplace. Doing one thing or the other, that's in part of the marketplace. Working for government, working for an international organization, working for yourself, interacting with customers and all. How do we invade and install the ecclesia? Paul's strategy, number one, the overthrow of satanic control over the city. The overthrow of satanic control over the city. And what city is that? That was, they were in Macedonia, if I'm not making a mistake. How did they do it? We want to just pick a few principles and I'm not going to connect them. Acts chapter 16, Acts chapter 16, the verse 16 through uh, 18, and then we'll jump to read other ones. Acts chapter 16, the verse 16 through 18. So it says, one day on our way, I'm reading the message translation, one day on our way, to the place of prayer, a slave girl ran into us. That is something worth uh, noting. A slave girl ran into us, almost as if to say, we were bucked, we were confronted. Almost as if to say, we were bucked, we were confronted. A slave girl ran into us. And when she did that, what the Bible says, she was a psychic. Now, quickly, Cast your mind back. When we talked about the marketplace environment, I still use this scripture to describe it. When we talk about the spirit of the python, Patum, the spirit of the python, and the oracle of Delphi. I think it was either the last teaching with, I did on Ecclesia. Very beautiful stuff, loaded and all. She was a psychic. She was possessed with the spirit of Python that is controlled by the household of Delphi. And with her fortune telling, made a lot of money 
for the people who owned her. Now, think about this little girl possessed with this demonic force and her trade brought so much good to her owners. Just some small family somewhere that owns her. And so she's able to answer to them. But after reading this, you will see the aftermath and how extended the control and the influence of this thing can be and how we as an ecclesia can make a penetration, overthrow or satanic control over the city. She started following Paul around. She started following Paul around. Did she really follow Paul? That is something you ought to. So she started getting into this unholy alliance and trying to mimic exactly almost like those fetish priests in the house of Pharaoh. When, when Moses dropped down his rod, they also did. And when Moses performed one miracle, they also did. That kind of thing is what you're seeing. She mimicked the miracles, behave like God, talk like God. Oh, we are with you, man and woman of God. We are just like you. We save the same God and seek your interest. Those corny, um, um, shadowy, milky, camouflage attitude, but with a deadly uh, power beneath it, calling everyone's attention to us by yelling out. Why wouldn't I be happy if this girl is calling everybody's, the whole city's attention to us? Apostle Paul, Apostle Mark, Apostle Claudia, Apostle Maggie. You just imagine. I should be happy. But these men were working. Sorry, say, then the lady says, these men are working for the Most High God. And she's not lying. But she's following wrongly. They, they are laying out the road for the road of salvation for you. I, I read this and I'm blown away. Demonic force trying to exalt. No. She did this for a number of days until there's something called until. There's something called until. Until finally fed up. Until Paul finally fed up with her, turned and commanded the spirit that possessed her out in the name of Jesus Christ. Get out of her. And it was done. just like that was done just like that it was done just like that sorry somebody was calling and it 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 got me distracted a bit it was done just just as paul would have commanded let's let's read further let's just read further i want to let's just read further the verse 21 when her owners saw that their lucrative little business was suddenly bankrupt, they went after Paul and Silas, roughed them up, and dragged them into the market square, the marketplace. Then the police arrested them and pulled them into a court with 
the accusation. These men, look at what they say. Look at what they say. Look at what they say. They drag them into the marketplace. And then they put an accusation upon them. They bring them to the court. And then they said, these men are disturbing the peace. Number one. Peace of what? These men are disturbing the peace. Dangerous Jew, Jewish agitators subverting our Roman law and order. Wasn't all this girl that related to just um, um, some small family? The Bible describes a lucrative little business. But why now the impact is described as touching the Roman law? Please, just a moment. Just a moment. We need to get going. We need to get. We need to get going. So, how can this little action of Paul go citywide? These are the things I want you to begin to think about. Casting out of a demon. Have you not been casting out demons always? Why haven't citywide impact happened? There's so many examples of strategies. That led to cities opening up and turning around. That led to companies, organizations opening up and turning to the Lord. That led to CEOs and corporations turning onto the Lord. That led to cities, villages turning onto the Lord. By the way, we want to understand the nature of the kingdom, the nature of salvation, that when man fell, it was not only man that fell, but Everything fell with man. And therefore, redemption, the Bible says, God so loved the world. All of those dynamics. So, by this time, the crowd had turned into a restless mob out for blood. When you read um, the NIV, let me see how it puts it. The NIV says that these men are teaching. Please, um, either NIV or um, New King James. Let me just pull it. Let me just pull it. I'm way behind. I uh, want this to be very simple. But uh, okay, so this is NIV. Let's see. It says, it says these men are teaching customs. These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble the city. And they teach customs. This is New King James, the verse 21. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us. What did Paul teach? He just casted out a demon. And you can see that the lucrative capacity of the marketplace is linked to a philosophical position, a, a doctrinal position a way of thought, laws, mannerisms, value systems, and all. They are teaching customs, way of life, conduct. They are teaching laws that are not consistent with us being Romans to receive or observe, is what it says in the New King James. I wanted to just pause and think about these things in looking at the dynamics that it involve if we have to enter into the marketplace and overthrow demonic spirits inside our offices 
inside our even our churches inside our our businesses cities and all and paul and silas were in a city of macedonia and this was happening so the marketplace invasion let me just take one or two principles here and then i can pause we can continue next week what do we observe what do we observe in looking at these um scenarios we are seeing series of events leading to the invasion and the shaking of the foundation of the city of macedonia the marketplace so the city of macedonia is a marketplace where is your marketplace and we are seeing through paul series of events leading to the invasion and the shaking of the foundations maybe you need to take time and read just read the whole of chapter 16 and see what happened and see when they were in jail how the entire foundations were shaken. All right. Kingdom invasion, kingdom invasion into the marketplace or of the marketplace is a clash of values and principles. These men being Jews, teaching customs, contrary to you heard that. So let's look at it. Every journey invasion is designed and orchestrated by God. Every journey invasion is designed and orchestrated by God. It begins with God, not man's good intention. When we back off a bit and you go to the verse 9 of Acts chapter 16, when you back off a bit and go to the verse 9 of Acts chapter 16, you see and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Every genuine invasion of the marketplace starts with God. So we need to live in that place of deep baptism and the seeking of God for whatever invasions he wants to create within our world. So it starts with God. Where we get baptized in the confidence of the Father, has been the grand planner of everything. So all skills, all gifts and talent must find expression in this unique capacity under God, in, in, in their unique, unique individual capacity under God, or the interrelation, the, in, the in commingling of those gifts must find their unique capacity under God. We have to be persuaded by divine conviction. We can't do this by intellectual prowess. And when we say this, it does not mean we cannot sit down to plan and say, okay, we need to invade this city. We can sit down and think about it. And the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 44, it says that the Lord brings to pass the words of his servant and he fulfills the counsel of his messengers. Then he, God says, there's something about that. Isaiah 44, the verse 26, the Lord, brings to pass the words of his servant and fulfills, he fulfills the counsel of his messengers and he says, let Jerusalem be built. So we need to step into that deep prophetic apostolic grand capacity to be able to move into the marketplace. By, so, by saying this, uh, I think I may want to stop on this, just this principle because it's nine, it's 30 minutes to 10. I want to stop on this principle. By, so, by saying so, 
It means that we have to raise people differently. We have to teach differently. What we teach must be different. Because we cannot teach what we teach if we seek the results of. Just look at Paul. The demon is cast out of a girl. And the whole city is an uproar. What is the connection between that spirit living in a girl and the wealth of the city? Meanwhile, it is described as the little business, the lucrative little business of its masters had run dry. But when this matter was brought in, That, that says these guys are teaching customs, laws, systems, values, mannerisms, ways of life. When we used to cut the profit so we do not pay the taxes, these guys have brought in a new system that is exposing all the profits and really leading to the proper taxes being paid. Let me tell you something funny. I was in a meeting yesterday. Um, there's a service provider that has been working for the company I work for. And I understood they started sometime way back I mean, last year, sometime. They, they receive values close to $400,000 every month. They, they are supposed to issue certain particular type of receipts and documents to the company I work for. And I just went into the meeting and I made one comment. I said, um, I would like you guys to supply me all the returns and all the documents from the inception of the contract with this company. And I, I, I'm expecting you to give me the VAT receipts as well from the inception of the contract to, to date. And two of the managers got confused. You can see it on their face because they've been, they've been collecting the money. They've not been issuing the proper receipts. So in demanding that receipt, what it is is that you have to go and pay the taxes to the government. A big exposure. And so in the process, somebody I said, are you a pastor? I ignored it. <laughs> I ignored that question. And later I spoke with her and she said, the manner in which you are talking and you lift your hand, I felt you were a pastor. I said, anyway, that's what I do. And, and you are talking finance and talking in, about contracts and somebody feels you, you look preaching and you look judgmental. How do we enter into the marketplace? Paul's and Silas's invasion was not going to happen on the mere platform of we have the capacity and we are called apostles. We have the education. We need to step into a very deep seeking and be baptized in the confidence of the Father. That issues are the voice to us to go into specific areas. And boom, there will be success. So God bless you. I want to stop here. I just want to stop here. And then um, I trust God for grace. I trust God to be able to get these computer things in perspective so that next week yeah, I can share my, my screen as well. God bless you. God bless you. I'm done. Okay.
Mark? Mark? We can't hear you. Mark, we can't okay, hear so you. Okay, yeah, yeah, so I'm here. I'm here. My, my, my car is parked at a distance. I'm going to, I'm going to drive it into the compound. So, but I'm following. I'm, I'm mobile. No, I just, I'm following. I just wanted to, to ask. Uh, when you say marketplace, it cannot only mean um, because in my mind, when I think about marketplace, it comes to like business and commercial activities, you know, but. When you talk about marketplace, it could be any place where we interact. Is that right? Yes, Claudia. Both both answers are right. Marketplace is the business environment. It's where we work. It's where we function. But let's hold it this way, okay? Every believer must understand that he or she is called. And this mm -hmm. calling allows your work to be considered by God as worship and devotion. Mm -hmm. Let all things be done as unto the Lord. Yes. Yes. So when you go into that business environment, when you, when you are preaching, that is your marketplace. Because there are a lot of pastors today who have your capacity capacity capacities completely truncated and they are not able to move i am let me tell you some of the places i live if i talk about the place i live i'm talking about inside me the processes that i'm engaging i am weary of teaching and not moving people. I'm not saying I'm not seeing transformation. I'm not seeing impact. There is more. So there is a need that maybe this Sunday I'm going to start teaching something on Facebook um, in the morning. There's a need that every pastor, every leader must relate the grace of God upon your life individually. Claudia is different. Kelvin is different. Mark is different. Kersley is different. Margaret is different and have individual unique calls and capacities. And when you study the word um, catatismos, that comes from catatizo, it demands that the grace and the gift of God upon my life must be related to these individuals uniquely in building them and releasing their capacities. It changes the pastor's call. It lifts him from beyond the pulpit and launches him into real Deep work of building is no joke. There must be a ready people who come into this understanding, knowing that I have a call. What the Bible talks about, about um, fulfill the work of ministry. This is what we are talking about. Fulfill the work of ministry does not just mean evangelism. We've, over the past years, have interpreted, people continue to do meaning, work of ministry is going to evangelize. Good, good, good. But my work, my service, my little translation I'm using to support all of these things is as unto the Lord and it's in the marketplace. Am I in business? 
beautiful. What am I into? All of that space where we live, work, and play. Marketplace, by extension, also means just in beyond the four walls of the church, beyond the four yes. walls, beyond the four walls of the church. That is marketplace. Beyond the gathering of the oh, church, beyond, beyond we just being who we are. I, 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 let me chip in this before, before I, before I pause, and then we can all throw something in there. This evening, as I was driving home, I called a service provider who has been wanting to speak with me for months now, and I've not been available. So we got talking, and then there was something that came up, and then she started talking about zodiac signs. And she asked me, what is my zodiac sign? I said, I don't know. I asked her, what is yours? She said, mine is something, something, and something, something, fire. I said, I don't know mine. He said, you need to research it. I said, okay, really? I said, research it for me. Tell me, tell me about it. You see, if I... That conversation would just stop saying, do you know this? But I just kept quiet. And she was comfortable. She started researching and telling me you are this and that. And I said, oh, really? Tomorrow we have another conversation. Saturday we have another conversation. I'm going to throw it in there at appropriate time. Do you know that there is somebody who can show you much more than zodiac signs and can tell you all the mysteries of your life and continually wants to be speaking with you and you don't need a sign, one sign to just guide you all your life, but you live by the voice of God. When that conversation arrives, she is going to now know who really I am. Right now, she calls me Mr. Agbeko. And I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I said, you know what? Call me Mac. Just call me Mac. But when you come to the church, you have to call him Reverend, man of God. You go do that in the marketplace, they'll chase you away. You look too preachy. You bring your church man of God thing, and you are not welcome. Thank you. So Claudia, Claudia that, is, that, is, that is my thought. Marketplace goes beyond the four walls. Every environment beyond the four walls, marketplace. Yeah, that was Your business. awesome. Thank you, brother. Thank that was you. great. Thank you. Let's share some thoughts. Let's, let's talk about these things. Um, I want, I want to see something explosive happening around our, our lives. These conversations must translate into something that begins to change our churches, begin to change how we live in the work, work environment, begins to change everything. I'm literally hiding in the office but people gradually are trying to find out, are you a preacher? When I look at you, when we talk, somebody said, your voice, your voice sounds like somebody who has been praying, who prays a lot. Very deep. I'm like, really? 
Then he said, come, 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 come check. Listen to him. He said, oh, it's true, it's true, it's true. So eventually they have to fish me out somehow. But I just bury myself. I'm talking finance. I'm talking accounting. I'm talking taxes. I'm saying you can't multiply this by this. You, and you literally see me rugged like, you know, the Bible says, let me say something funny. The Bible says, Peter, <laughs> when, when they look at Peter's behavior and his brother's behavior, they knew that these guys have been with Jesus. If not, they will behave like some cobola boys. They'll behave like some unruly, uncultured boys. But when they look at them, they say, no, these guys, they've been with Jesus. They are behaving well. They've learned something. You find me in the office and I'm disagreeing on the matter. You wonder, is that a, I, I really would speak the professional language. But deep in that, it's a very powerful operation of the spirit seeking an expression seeking an expression so let's speak to these things friends Mark, I'm trying to, um, I'm really trying to, to keep it together here because of what you shared here is I've seen some things that I've never seen inside of this story before. Um, Paul's demonstration of setting this woman free affected the economy of the nation, of that city. It affected the economy. Um, they were charged with these guys are teaching, teaching, teaching. I don't know how Paul and those guys were teaching uh, anything that was that, that was adverse. I, I don't. But my point is their demonstration, their life was teaching. Um, the way I'll give you an example. I really feel that this is what the challenge of the marketplace is going to be in the upcoming uh, season. It will be a challenge of ethics. Whereas it's okay to make money off of this slave girl and use her to sell fortunes. It's okay, but as long as we're making money, but when you bring deliverance to her, which she never should have been operating under that spirit anyway, then now all of a sudden we want to wrap a law around keeping you down and keeping you away. So what I really believe is going to come up is going to be this issue of ethics, whereas, you know, you can make money by cheating, or if the kingdom of God comes in, the kingdom of God will say, whoa, that's not going to, we, we're not going to do, we will not bow at that, we will not do, no, we have to tell the straight numbers as they are. Well, and then they'll threaten you with your job or, or, or penalize you or do something like that because the moral fiber of the kingdom demands that light be shown on darkness. This is part of the evasion. This is part of the invasion. This is part of the, uh, the representation. And so when we talk about invasion, we're not talking about asking, can we do this? We're talking about you don't have a choice. We're here. 
and we are here to do what the preference of the kingdom wants. So we're here as a standard of righteousness. We're here to, to speak against darkness and unethical things. We are here to speak um, what God says and to be light. We're not preaching to you. Our lives might be preaching to you because the Bible says we're living epistles, read of all men. So you could be reading our lives and that can be teaching you. That can also be piercing your conscience because you see that we are holding up a higher level of ethics and values and that we cannot lie about numbers and we can't um, um, hide things and we can't lie about things. We don't operate like that for the sake of numbers. And so I really believe that the, the pressure and the temptation is gonna come in those areas. So we're gonna have to be people whose moral fiber is so strong and so pure until we, we change the culture. The culture doesn't change us. Let me give uh, uh, one example as I'm um, uh, of the kingdom. This is one example of the kingdom that I, that I use. And I love this because this is how the kingdom operates. This is how I see it. The kingdom of God is like a tea bag. The tea bag is full of tea. Once the tea bag is introduced to the boiling water, silently, it begins to settle. And what is inside of the tea bag comes into the environment of the water, changing the environment of the water from water to now we must call it tea. That's the influence of the kingdom. We settle into an environment and the environment succumbs to the power of who we are. We don't succumb to the power of what it is. And that's invasion. That tea bag is invading the water, changing the nature and the culture of the water. And the longer it stays, the stronger it is. So I'm seeing so many things inside of this, Mark. I really am. I'm seeing how God has planted us, like in Mark 13, about the sons of the kingdom are inside of the world, right? We're planted inside of the world, and we're planted inside of the world for invasion activation. God activates our invasion, and it's like, you know, it can't stand. It's just like what darkness does inside of a room where there are no windows. When you turn on the light, darkness is scattered. We don't know where it goes, but immediately it, it cannot stay because the power of light is stronger than the power of darkness. You can take that same principle even with a candle. If you light a candle in a dark room where there's no lights on, no windows, after a while you start to see that little flame of a candle start to push the darkness away. So what darkness is really is, um, it's like a bully. Darkness gives the impression that it is stronger than what it really is. Because if darkness really had power, it would stay there and it would dominate the light, but it can't. Every single time it must dissipate, it must push back because God created power in the law of light. When he said, let there be light, from that time on, no darkness could stand against it. So I. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited. I mean, this is strengthening me in my spirit and it is calling us up to another level of ethics and moral purity and, and being the standard inside of the marketplace. And that standard is teaching people that you don't have to be corrupt to get 
to be successful. You don't have to be corrupt to be fruitful. You don't have to uh, change numbers and you don't have to lie about things in order to get ahead. And that's the kind of demonstration that we need to see in the marketplace today, that the, uh, the moral fiber of God's people is raised up to a place to where the world cannot deny it. They may repute it, they may penalize us, they may chastise us, they may try to, to, to fire us, but we must stand on the integrity of God's word. So thank you so much, Mark, for this. I, I'm, I'm so stirred up by what you've shared here and uh, what we do. We affect the economy of the world. And that's what God wants us to do, to affect the economy of the world. When that demon was cast out of that girl, it affected the economy of that system. And they fought back with trying to enshroud law around that. You can't practice that because you can't stop it. So the only thing you can do is, you know, sign a law around it to try to stifle your operation, just like they did with Daniel, right? Daniel, uh, uh, King, sign this decree. Anybody who prays uh, to someone other than you, they get thrown in the fire, in the, uh, in the lion's den. Well, you know, they had law. So once that law, you know, came about, all of a sudden now, you're breaking the law. Now we can penalize you because now you're breaking the law. So just some, some things for us to think about. I love this message. Thank you. Oh, Kevin. Those words cast some beam of light into my understanding. And I don't want to spoil the party. I want to hold those, uh, those things so dear and muse upon them because uh, one of the things you've thrown out is the concept of the tea bag, which I have somewhere written in my notes as we talk about the Ecclesia as a people movement and what it ought to do. And so, so appreciated, Kelvin. It's, it's all open for us all. Hey, Mark. Um, just one thing, just, you know, thinking, you know, you know I th think it takes us back to Genesis and we go back and we look at, you know, when, when, when God, you know, commanded Adam, he said, you know, you could eat of any tree in the garden, but he was, you know, and, and because he didn't follow what God told him to do, he lost his ability to multiply, to increase, you saying, and replenish the earth as a result of his not following God's voice. The consequences of that is man is now out there on his own trying to fulfill this mandate, this be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth. But he doesn't understand what that is because he's lost his connection with his maker who is the producer of him you know he's the guy that designed him so his ability to do that is predicated on having a connection to the designer and that's a a, a huge thing and and for us to understand that in the beginning, there was no temple, there was no priest. It was God and Adam. 
the law and Moses comes years later, but we built on a Moses platform versus a Genesis platform. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what we've modeled after. So we've modeled after Moses. We, we have not modeled after the Genesis 128 when he talked in Genesis, when he told him he created him in his own image. What did God mean when he said that? What, what does that mean to us? That's what we have to understand. That mandate right there, that's the key. Does that make wow. sense? Yeah, yes, yes. Um, Kasli, that is, uh, that is so potent because I, I just latch onto that statement of yours. And even if we want to discuss the issue of every genuine invasion initiative starts with God, then obviously I must live in that space in relationship with God, and particularly the law of first mention, how did our existence began? No temples, no rituals. When you read the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter one, I think the verse 36 says, Adam, the son of God. Yes, Matthew chapter one. When it was doing the narratives of the genealogy of uh, Jesus Christ, uh, there's something, it says, Adam, the son of God. Now, if Adam was the son of God, how did he conduct himself or what was the relationship like? So he didn't reach out to God with five, ten songs, three pauses, and one speed, and then he gets he arrives at God. So there's some dynamics that needs to change in the way we exist. Let me give you another uh, picture about a guy, Nehemiah. Nehemiah was standing before the king and the king asked him uh, what is wrong with you and and he explained then he says so how long do you want to be away then the bible says Nehemiah said and i prayed to my god and i answered the king it was right in the midst of the marketplace But he has this seamless interaction out of heaven. There is a need that we step back into our original. Who else? I think there's some. There's some comments here. Let me read a few of them. Um, so Maggie asks, how do you, how do we enter the marketplace? Teach us, Lord. So she throws a question and how do we enter the marketplace? We could share thoughts on that. Um, Zarina, yes, churchy language turns people off by acts of kindness, the preaching, the act of kindness, the manifestation, the evidence of it. And love causes people to stop and ask why. 
causes people to stop and ask why. So marketplace can can be amongst our friends. Yes, yes. When we are having coffee, what does it mean to be fruitful, multiply, increase, and fill the earth? What does that mean? Kersley asked. Um, so uh, Zorina writes, oh goodness, you are so right. Integrity is the marker in our faulty system. Correct. Sips into the water, talking about the tiba, sips into the water and changes the consistency of the water. So these are a few comments here. Any of us want to throw some light on it in, in, in any of these before we check out in a few minutes? Maybe we should save something next week, Mark, and listen to this again and see what else we get out of it. I, I just really, my heart is so stirred. I mean, I'm going to go back to these scriptures and I'm going to look back over them again. I mean, particularly with this this whole thing of how um, the demonic influenced the economy of this city and how they used a woman to do it. it, it, it it's, it's like she should not have been a slave girl. She should not have been. Uh, a pawn in their game to, you know, and you find that a lot where people are being used as merchandise and devalued, you know, that there's a gifting that this young girl had, but it wasn't to be making money for um, this kind of thing in that kind of way. So when she's emancipated, now the apostles get penalized. So there's something wrong with that. And so we have to be willing to be penalized if it comes to it so that we maintain our standards and keep the, um, the, the that we elevate the standard and keep it elevated. So uh, I just wanna go back over this again and um, I'm sure we'll have more time next week to talk about it, but I just really love yeah. this. I really love, thank you, Mark. Yeah, Kevin, that's beautiful. Um, I've, I've also just been thinking about the systems that are held together by slavery, the plantation master, and all that he would do to just ensure his plantation is running and that we are churning out the resources that satisfy his system, such that we can all clearly, we can all clearly, please let's take note of this. There's one marker that is coming out of the scripture. We can all clearly identify that in any system that is clearly marked with slavery, the spirit of the platoon is right there. It's a false order and we must find a way of bending down that plantation overthrowing that kingdom and the plantation master and his supporters turn unto Christ. Paul was deep, he's an apostle of God, deep inside the marketplace. 
Those would be my thoughts. My... I have, I'm... Yes, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just thinking um, about what, what Kelvin said and what you said about the, the slave girl. I was yesterday with uh, this lady that, that had, I had a medical procedure, a very small medical procedure that I had to do yesterday. And this lady was from Venezuela. And we started talking because the procedure lasted like two hours. So we started talking. And of course, we started to talk about like spiritual things. I, I kind of tried to let lead the, the conversation to find out what, like what, what was her, um, how did she think? Uh, and, and she was telling me about Venezuela and she's an immigrant here. And, and it reminded what Kelvin just said, reminded me of what this lady was telling me because um, about this demonic, you know, how the demonic or the spiritual realm, the, the evil spiritual realm affects a whole community and a whole country. Uh, and and as, as she was explaining to me, the drug cartels and the government being so, you know, they didn't have much to eat. They're, the the population is divided into two the the wealthy people that have that have um that can uh, what do you say um they can get dollars and they can buy dollars and that part of the of the population is okay but the rest of people who make money in bolivares which is the the, the currency there they're really poor and they don't have even things to eat. And, and she was telling me uh, there are some of my relatives that still live there that they just survive because we send them money. And so we were started talking about uh, Chavez, the, the previous government. I don't know if you know this, but the previous president of Venezuela who already died, uh, President Chavez, he, he cursed the people of Israel. He said, I don't know if you if you heard, it was something um, in Latin America, it was something that we, I mean, when, I was shocked when I heard that piece of news when he appeared in a video, and you can find it on, on YouTube, he, he cursed, he said, I curse from the deep of my entrañas, is the word in Spanish, uh, I'm not sure the word if, if it's entrails, or that's maybe for animals, um, like your intestines, intestines, um, Please, guys, correct me. <laughs> yeah, his um, gut, his gut, his, his inner being. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And so he said, from my inner being, from my gut, I curse the people of Israel in one of the interviews. And the guy a year later died of cancer that started in the prostate. And, and so I don't know why I'm talking about Chavez, but anyways, um, my point is, that there are things in the spiritual realm that maybe I'm just learning about this with you guys that we don't know the scope of and the reach of that um, of that power. But at the same time, as she was talking to me, I felt like 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 burning in my heart. Like this is something that we should be involved, and it reminded me of the whole thing of the ecclesia that we've been talking about and how we can make an impact, of course, maybe not a whole country, but a city or, I don't know, like you said, these people that fasted for 20 days and, 
and they they did they they saw some breakthrough in that city like i want to be part of that in whatever way god um, can use me maybe if it's just a little like you said like a very small marketplace in our jobs but that we can see breakthrough in that area to destroy the works of the enemy and and yeah and and see people set free be set free oh man my spanish at, my english at this time is terrible <laughs> that's what i wanted to say mark that reminded me of the conversation with this lady from from venezuela wow so indeed uh, spiritual atmosphere over cities villages towns homes families countries geographical locations can see a change most definitely i'm going to be heading down towards some of those things just to throw the light into what are the possibilities and show biblical patterns that we can follow both to become like a goshen inside egypt and also to be like a joseph that shift the entire climate over, over egypt so these are all dynamics that we these are available offer provisions for us that we need to work in and it's important that we continue to embrace the process of faith and I want to say that let's think about these things frequently. Just think about it, dream it, dream it frequently, desire it, hunger for it, because I believe God wants to place us in an environment of practicalities and cause a lot of things to change in our immediate environment, thereby affecting the entire world. Look at Jesus, look at Jesus's words, two of them, he said, you shall be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria. It, no, am I missing it? it, it uh, what does the scripture say? In Jerusalem, Judea, Judea Samaria, Samaria, and the other most part. On the most part. That is, think about it from that salvation level that spreads and goes geographical. Think about it about the light that removes the shield that covers the nation or the economy of the nation and that creates the shift. We are seeing demonic forces controlling territories, economies of nations, small businesses, families, and they operate across this landscape. God is calling for the people that can shift these things at various levels by the mandates and grace that he is going to provide. Secondly, Jesus says, go and make disciples of the nations. Of the nations. Not in the nations. Of the nations. We need to begin to see these things happen literally. And all of its philosophical facets. So God bless you. Just to provoke these things. Let's think, how do we enter into these marketplaces? What is God's strategy? Genuine invasion begins with God. Thank you.
those will be my final words. If anybody has anything you want to throw in, please do. Please do. This is so powerful for me. I would love to listen to it again. So we're going to make every effort. Tomorrow, we put it out there on YouTube. We put it on the um, podcast platforms. So please just follow the podcast and the YouTube platform. Once it hits there, you get an alert. And um, from the podcast platforms, you can download the audio as well. It's very easy to download the audio as well. God bless you folks. Kelvin, I want us to pray for Kelvin before we leave the call. And let me tell you what is happening. Kelvin has had, um, depending on where you're standing, you say good news, you say bad news. But the Bible says that mourn with those that mourn, rejoice with those that rejoice. Kelvin asked to see today on a call, um, very early hours of this morning, I, I woke up out of a dream and saw Kelvin's message. And then we got talking. And the very dear, I've seen the photos of this girl very beautiful lady. I think she has two children. Um, she passed on. And it's Kelvin's. Kelvin, that is your third girl? Is that your third or second? My, my second daughter. Second. My second daughter, Erica, yeah. Erica. 34. 34 years young. She's 34 years and she's passed on. The investigation is still ongoing. Um, as the hours gone by, Kelvin is getting more information. But to see Kelvin in this spirit, in this strength, uh, it means that there's grace available. We want to just pray over him. We just want to speak over him. So any of us, Kesley, maybe you can, you can just start off and just pray over Kelvin. Let's have one man and one woman. Kelvin, um, Kesley, just go ahead. Yes, okay. Father God, right now we just lift Calvin and his family up before you, Father God. We cover him in the blood of Jesus, Father God. Father God, strengthen him, give him courage, Father God. Holy Spirit, walk with him, be with him, give them comfort, give them peace father god give them peace father god just touch him right now touch him father god touch him touch him father touch him touch him touch him be in the midst of the situation father god be in the midst of it father be in the midst of it, father you have the last word father we thank you we thank you that you're there, that you, you're there, that your presence is there, that your love is there, that you're strengthened, that you are in the midst of the situation. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Any of the ladies who wants, Claudia, do you want, you want to prove a Kelvin? Yeah, of course. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you so much for for Kelvin's life. And thank you that you are sustaining him in this moment. Uh, I can't even believe that he's here in this call. And that's a testimony of your grace. It's a testimony of, of the way that you 
uh, put in in his mind, in his heart, you are giving him the 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 right perspective to see the situation. And and as he said earlier, he knows that Erica is with you. And thus, I think, Lord, that's the, the most wonderful thing that we can wish for people who leave this earth, uh, that they depart with you and is the desire of everybody in this call for those friends and relatives that that are still not with you and have not surrendered their lives to you. Uh, we really want to um, ask you, Lord, that that we can experience um, the 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 joy that Kelvin has. That even though his heart is saddened by by the loss, by not having her here, but his heart is 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 resting in you in your in the confidence that he has in you that you do everything perfectly and that everything uh, that you allow and that you permit in the lives of those who love you have a purpose and we know that and we we thank you for that that as job said in one of the chapters he said that he did not sin um attributing a lack of purpose uh, for whatever he was going through. So we do not attribute a lack of purpose this either, Lord. We trust you and we trust that you will continue uh, lifting him up, lifting his family, Erica's children. We ask for them. We, we put them at your feet, Lord, um, that you can take care of them. You can reach uh, their little souls um, and whatever Erica planted in their seed, in their hearts, whatever seed they, her, she planted in, in their hearts, that it can grow in the future so that they will also know you and walk with you. Um, yes, Lord, just hug, uh, hug our friend, hug her family and comfort them in your bosom. Thank you, Daddy. Amen. Beautiful. We bless God. We bless God. Friends, want to say, God bless you. Kelvin, we love you too. Let's continue yeah. to pray for Kelvin and Brenda mm -hmm. and uh, the other sisters. Yeah. And the entire family, I think this weekend is Kelvin's father's birthday and the family will be gathering, but mm -hmm. this is going to be on the agenda as well. We want to ask the Lord to show up in the midst of this in a unique way for this family. So thank you and God bless mm -hmm. you. It's been a good one and we look forward to more of these. Okay, so the sisters mm -hmm. are Kelly and Sarah. Kelly and Sarah. God bless you. Good. So there we go. Okay, okay. All right. So it's been a challenging week, but through it's a day. 
Um, this evening, I want us to just speak quickly to some of the things we were looking at last week. And then let's see if we can push forward to some of the important things that God wants us to step into. So we've been talking about rediscovering God's ecclesia. And this evening, there is something on my mind which I need to throw it in. We're talking about the ecclesia as making a movement away from what the synagogue model holds, what the temple model holds, to much more of a life of a people movement, a 24-7 people movement spread across different geographical locations, functioning without um, necessarily an event being put together before this group of people or this collection of people begin to function. And that is one key feature of the Ecclesia that we would discuss, if not next week. Because uh, there's a need that we continue to challenge our thoughts. We give all due respect and honor to what church is. There are a lot of things about church that are still excellent, that are still good, that um, uh, we cannot speak to condemn because these are ways that people do express their faith. And uh, some of them are not necessarily bad, but some of them will have to step away from if we want to really function powerfully as God's ecclesia. More so, if we want to see um, um, the kingdom gain momentum and acceleration, several things will have to we have to change. So we talked last week about um, installation strategy. And we started looking at how Paul got into uh, Philippi, which was a, one of the, fo the foremost region in Macedonia. Um, I may want to recap just a few things. We, we said that we've been on this fascinating journey to exploring of exploring the rediscovery of the broad framework of the matrices of God's ecclesia. And I describe God's ecclesia as his administrative extension in the earth, heaven's extension in the earth. That heaven's extension, we said that it flows with heaven's resources or heaven's resources are made available to the ecclesia. We also say that it is its exact expression or it is intended to be its exact expression. One of the things that I've, somebody asked me one day, he said, he said, how did you come into the things that you teach? And this guy is a lawyer called to the bar, if not over 20 years now. He asked, he said, how do you come into these things? Why are you driven by them? And one of the reasons why we are discussing the Ecclesia is because I believe that the, the intent of Christ for setting up this people movement away from the temple model that stood in the day. It was when Jesus, uh, when Peter declared, or when they had gotten to Caesarea Philippi, that particular spot had, had the temple of Satan 
And that place was called the Gate of Hades. It was also the region that housed the God of Pan, a terrible God of the Greeks. It was also the environment that housed the Temple of Caesar. So this was a powerful environment. This was a power struggle environment. This was a place of axis of power, who really stands. And in the midst of that, he picks this circular idea of what constitutes the administrative extension um, um, that began with the Greek and, and further expanded by the Romans. What constituted the way they administrated their society and kept their hold over their, their entire empire. Jesus borrowed that idea and infused it with a spiritual DNA that changed the functionality of the existence of the people. Right from there, you would notice how the apostles function and how the early church function. It is something we will need to take time to really look at and studying certain features that we can carry along into our day. So we continue talking about the abiding validity of its potent nature. The ecclesia has an abiding validity, valid proof of what exalted. So um, we went through this last week as well. We, we said that we've been examining how we can rise up, not raise up, how, how we can rise we can rise up, transform from man-made systems, uh, religion and its uh, vestiges and appendages to our true nature, our true identity and expression of life. That is the ecclesia. That it goes beyond um, what we may be accustomed to and know as church. And we are not speaking to condemn church. I really want to make this point very clear. We're not speaking to condemn church, but we have to, uh, church will have to transform the issue of the old and new wine scheme. Church will have to transform and allow people to become more empowered and move ecclesia functionality to what exactly it is away from maybe once a week event planned before people can function. Life must be fluid, life must be seamless. And that is what God desires for us. So we said we want to become that those portals, the portals of the kingdom to influence, to become influenced in the hostile environment we live in, work and play, by transforming both the political and social cultural landscapes of our society. That is to be a voice of God. Have we not wondered over the years, when we look at church history, Right from the book of Acts, recorded in the book of Acts, we saw how powerful the church was and how it had influence or an expanded, ever growing influence with the society of the day. How come Paul, for example, these are amazing thoughts I've been considering for some days now. For example, he spent basically about three weeks in Thessalonia. How come? It rose to become such a powerful company of people that impacted society. He spent barely like a week in Caesarea Philippi, uh, sorry, in Philippi, Macedonia. How come? In Ephesus, he spent two years in the school of Tyrannus, no public ministry. 
after he was buffeted, beaten in the public square, he drew himself and gathered with just a few company of men and women who he walked with and mingled thought with thought and taught them. Two years, the word of God ran swiftly and prevailed and when exploded and Bible says to everybody in Asia Minor had the word of God. How do these people function? We would see through this discourse that when Paul moved the base of his operations into the marketplace, it gained the gospel of the kingdom, gained rapid acceleration into the environment. People began to hear the word of God. So it's very interesting how, how people will love the kingdom, but may not love our, our church. It is interesting how, or let me put it, it is possible to be a follower of Christ without being a part of organized religion, organized religious Christianity. That there are many people who are passionate and followers of Christ, chased after him, devoted in their corner. Like there's a gentleman in my office. I asked him, which church do you attend? He said, I don't. I said, really? He said, okay, I used to be with one of the churches several years ago. I said, how many years ago? What was the last time you visited um, the gathering of the church? He said, 10 years ago. And I asked him why. He said, look, a lot of the things that are going on there seems to be irrelevant to existence. And he find fulfillment. And when you speak with him, you see value system displayed. So we want to really, really be a voice of God and not be subservient to society. So the ecclesia of the day, of the day of the apostles, was the agenda setter, was a pay setter. It determined how societies run, what happened in their society. These things need to affect us. We talked also briefly um, as, as a recap, the Conventus Romanus, which was the critical mass. Jesus talked about where two or three. So just a few of us gathered on the call today actually constitute a very strong Conventus. And wherever we find ourselves, we said, and I said, I said that in the Roman culture, where two Romans, citizens, find themselves in any part of the world and they come together, two or three, it is believed and known that the power of the emperor, the power of Rome was present in their gathering. So they could operate through their Pax Romania, that brute force operation to take territories. The Ecclesia of God, like we said, Jesus took the secular idea, the political thought of the day, the prevailing terminology of the day, how society was run, in that present day, a people ameliorating um, um, their society and ensuring things to run properly. How those societies were run. Jesus took the idea, fused it with a spiritual DNA. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. He infused it with that reality and that changed its functionality to be able to now legislate, permit, create open heavens, close heavens over territories and regions, cause momentums to happen. That Convertus Romanus, two or three critical mass, became the agenda setter wherever they find themselves. So there's a need that we really move.
things to um, a strong place of functionality. There's something I, I messed up in my notes. So let me just go to today. Yeah, let me go to today and let's look at what we want to look at today. So we started talking about how the Ecclesia can invade a marketplace. Now, Claudia asks a question, she says something about the marketplace. What is the marketplace? The marketplace is everything outside the four walls of the church. Everything outside the four walls of our meeting constitute a marketplace. So whether you are in business, whether you are home, where you live, work, and play, constitute the marketplace. Whether you are into politics, constitute the marketplace. And we see Paul entering into Macedonia, the region of Macedonia, through its foremost city, Philippi. Very strategic. Now, I just made a comment that Paul started seeing massive, massive breakthrough for the kingdom when he moved his activity base into the marketplace. We saw that in Philippi. There's no time we would have would have seen how he penetrated Corinth, would have seen how he went into Ephesus and began to create massive momentum and access for the kingdom. These are things worth consideration if we want to see the kingdom spread faster. But we would see something about Philippi today. And uh, let's read the scripture again. It says, one day, one day, on our way to the place of prayer, a slave girl ran into us. That is very important. A slave girl ran into us, almost like bucking them, almost like confronting them, almost like seeking to overthrow them. A slave girl ran into us. She was a psychic and with a, with a fortune telling, made a lot of money for the people who owned her. She started following Paul around, calling everyone's attention. Sorry, calling everyone's attention to us by yelling out, these men are working for the most high God. They are laying out the road for salvation. I mean, you look at the attitude of this girl, I'm always amazed because the Bible says she ran into, into us. She confronted us. So there was something at play when this girl was getting into um, the dynamics of Paul and Silas. Was it that she was truly speaking and drawing attention to Paul or she wanted to underscore her bottom line? Was it that she was seeking to validate her position that they can equate her to Paul and Silas as one of the most powerful people that, had, that have grace given by God? Was it that she was camouflaging herself, trying to raise a veneer of small screen under which she can hide? Then, Paul and Silas having gone, the whole city would have turned back to her. 
what exactly was at play in the midst of all of these events. The Bible said she did this for a number of days until Paul finally fed up with her. Another translation says Paul being angry in his spirit. That is, that is a very good uh, way of putting it because um, there, there, are, there are ways that we design or the spirit of God allow us to design. And sometimes you can just get into an environment and you are purely irritated. You are almost like trying to stay under control and not to, not to blow out. And you will be asking yourself, what is wrong with me? Why, why is this happening? You will be asking, ah, is it that you are under some influence? No, it is clear that you have entered into an environment that your spirit is beginning to pick information all around that requires that you pay attention to where you are. So Paul being fed up in the spirit turned and com commanded the spirit that possessed her out in the name of Jesus Christ, get out. And it was gone just like that. And it was gone just like that. Let's continue reading. When her owners saw that their lucrative little business was suddenly bankrupt, they went after Paul and Silas, roughed them up and dragged them into the market square. Then the police arrested them and pulled them into a court with the accusation. These men are disturbing the peace. Dangerous Jewish agitators subverting Roman law and order. By this time, the crowd had turned into a restless mob out for blood. Just imagine what Paul touched. And let's look at the principles. The shaking of the foundations. The shaking of the foundations. The shaking of the foundations. Now, we want to understand that Paul and Silas going into Philippi in Macedonia or entering to the region of Macedonia with the gospel of the kingdom was not ordinary. Foundations are about to be shaken. And these are just two men. Let's pay attention to something. These are just two gentlemen who have found God and have a perspective of God and have gone into an environment. And they are about to create something. So the shaking of foundations, Paul's invasion of Macedonia, the marketplace. So we want to examine the series of events leading to the invasion and the shaking of those foundations. First, the confrontation. First, the confrontation. And it's important that we as believers who are beginning to think outside the box of what church has been and functioning in the marketplace, being able to live in the, seamlessly in the marketplace Without speaking church knees, somebody say uh, church knees, somebody, somebody uh, uh, talks about the religious language as church knees. Without speaking church knees, without being religious, living among the unbelievers and our righteousness standing out and judging them and drawing them to Christ we must understand the subtle nature of the confrontation we are faced. The Bible says in verse 16, it says, one day on our way, it says one day, okay, so I'll come to that. 
So I, I like that comment. Uh, uh, Zorina says that, do you think that the people felt that what they were accustomed to was right? So much that they could not see the freedom behind what happened when the demon was cast out, that they reacted out of ignorance of the truth. So we are dealing with a principality that laces the minds of the people and that blinds the minds of the people. And they are accustomed to that system. And so we'll come to this conversation. So let's look at the confrontation. Acts the 16, verse 16. It says, one day on our way to the place of prayer, a slave girl ran into us. A slave girl balked us. She confronted us. She dealt roughly with us. A slave girl ran into us one day when we headed for prayer. When we were heading to go. After this, I will return. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I don't know what my hand touched. Okay. <laughs> I was just opening my Bible and I touched something. So this slave girl ran into us. The old King James says, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us. Met us. If you look at the context in which it's placed, it's placed in the context of a military sense, a hostile meeting. This slave girl was not gentle. She didn't come, oh, these are, these are the men of God pointing the way of truth and life. That is not what she was doing. She actually was confronting Paul and Silas, giving them attitude, giving them severe encounters of their life. Paul and Silas, I believe, were doing everything possible to just stay calm and collected. And these are the things we are confronted with as believers in the marketplace. A slave girl ran into us, confronted us, met us in a military sense, in a hostile manner, to meet away, not wanting them to enter into Macedonia is what the Bible is saying. So every single incursion, every single opportunity, single promotion, single, single, finance that comes into your hand the enemy is totally grieving and angry because he does not want you and i to step into that space every single promotion that comes to you moments that you're able to break through in some education some qualification that will give you an understanding of how the system works and the the enemy knowing that we are filled with the spirit of god he is not comfortable he is not happy. So the kingdom invasion of the marketplace is a clash of values and principles and its system. It may, it may seem welcoming, embracing, and supporting, but behind that thing is a severe bucking. Behind that thing, it may seem more salary behind that thing is, is, is a spirit of a python seeking to strangulate you, confronting you, bucking you, meeting you away, telling you not to come into this place, 
These are the servants of the Most High God who teaches of the way of salvation. They don't belong here. They don't belong here. Seeking to draw attention, but it was not an attention to come to salvation. It was a bucket. And that is something every believer in a marketplace is confronted with always. And it's important we have to see the subtle nature of these forces, these resisting forces. So their confrontation very often assumes a subtle form, not from, uh, assumes a subtle, a subtle form from the resisting forces. It assumes a subtle nature from the resisting forces. And we want to, we want to read the scripture again, 16, 17. A slave girl ran into us. She was a psychic. A slave girl coming from the platform possessed with the spirit of the python that we have spoken about before confronted us. She started following Paul. And let me add Silas around. Calling everyone's attention to us by yelling out. These are the men working for the Most High God. They are laying out the road of salvation for you. She did this for a number of days until. She did this a number of days until. In a the marketplace, there has to be an until point. There has to be an until point in your life. Until you and I arrive at, a, uh, at this until point, there are some things that will never change in our world. I remember some years ago, I was working for a company. And one day I was, I was carrying out an assignment somewhere in East Legon. Uh, okay, you may not know East Legon. Hold on. Maggie, Maggie will know East Legon, but Kelvin may not. Kelvin, so you can Google East Legon and you see East Legon um, and read a bit about it. East Legon is a very plush area uh, in Ghana, in Accra. So I was carrying out an assignment in East Legon. And then I fell into a trance. I was right in this client office and I fell into a trance. And I saw this boss of mine. And I had a book with me, uh, the 21st Century Church. The title of the book is The 21st Century Church. Um, and I saw my boss using a red pen to want to cross a page. And I held it and I said, no, 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 it cannot be so. This is my life you want to cross. This is my life you want to cross. Several events would take place. And that was in 2014 or 2015 or so. Several events would take place in my life in that environment. And 2018, I had to walk away. About a year before I walked away, I started writing stuff like, um, do not look down upon me. Songs of Solomon chapter one, do not look down upon me. Or my mother's sons or my brothers look down upon me. My own vineyard I did not keep. Another, I, uh, another's vineyard I keep. So do not look down upon me. I kept. Do not look down upon me because my body is turned. So I, uh, I started writing stuff. I said the future arrived yesterday and we are already late. I started writing stuff to provoke me, to provoke me severely to step into the next space of life. So there must be an until point in our journey in the marketplace that will require us to step into a higher dimension to enforce the kingdom. Paul and Silas 
had a kingdom with them, all in the midst of this bucking, this challenge, but they were not employing it until Paul had enough. Until you have enough. Until you've had enough. So let's go. Shaking of the foundation. We said last week that every genuine invasion is designed and orchestrated by God. It cannot just happen on human price, human capacity, because we stepping into the marketplace, we can have good ideas and good plans, but we have to submit all of these skills and all of these ideas to God. So the spirit of God will take them up and navigate through to align them to the will and the design of God for that space. We may have good intentions, but our good intentions will never, never, never enforce the will of, the will of God. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. So it, be, it begins with God, not man's good intention. In Acts chapter 16, the, verse, the verses 9 and 10, we see how Paul and Silas ended up in Macedonia. And the story was this, verse 9. It says, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. But do you realize that Paul all the story in chapter 16, when he got into Macedonia, he never met that physical man, that man that said, come and help us. He presupposed that there was already an influence on the ground. He presupposes that there was already um, God working in the midst of Macedonia. And that is something we have to take note of. Very often, people will get into an environment and they declare themselves to be the Messiah of the environment. But there are connections, there are links that God has in that environment that need to be discovered and activated and we come into that. So a man of Macedonia begged him, called on him, prayed him, and said, come and help us. And after... He had seen the vision. Immediately, we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Assuredly, gathering that the Lord had called us for, the Lord has called us forth to preach the gospel unto them. There is a need to recognize that we need to stay close to God in order to initiate these things. So it starts with God. All skills, gifts, and talents must find expression in their unique capacity under God, not man's idea. When we do this, we are persuaded by divine conviction, what I call baptized in the confidence of the Father, baptized in the confidence of God as being in the grand plan of God. Paul never knew that he was part of a divine plan until that vision. He never knew he was supposed to go to Philippi in Macedonia until that vision. He would have just been walking around, trying to do his best, out of his best thought. So there's a need for leaning in and leaning in deeply and seeking the Lord so that he can release heaven's initiative to us 
in each little space that we find ourselves or big space that we find ourselves. Some of us, our spaces may, may be very small in our own eyes, but in that space, you, you're going to impact the president, the leaders of the nation. It's just one event that is going to be the, the trigger. And that trigger is going to just lead on to another, another, and then an avalanche. You never know. So there is a need for, for us to position ourselves prayerfully, prayerfully. Kevin and I have had conversations about prayer, the importance of prayer. Kevin and I have had conversations about, about men and women that have achieved a lot of success because they were men of prayer. Sincerely, there is no way we're going to succeed we're going to get along and achieve massive results for the kingdom without us leaning deeply into prayer. That is why on the kingdom learning space from time to time, we allow space and, 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 and weeks to just pray because we know that it's, it's the womb that bears the purposes the intentions of God, the will and the design of God in the earth. We know that it is the place that we can truly come into partnership with God to really understand his heartbeat and be in time with his. We know that we cannot do anything without stepping into the place of prayer. Absolute reliance on that will lead us to the place of being baptized in the confidence of God as being in his grand plan. That is the point we looked at last week. Today, let's look at this. There's a need for divine connection and kingdom relationships. There's a need for divine connection and kingdom relationships. Kingdom relationships are so critical to the fulfillment of individual purpose and kingdom, in, kingdom purposes of God. Kingdom relationships are relationships that have been placed in your pathway by heaven. They come in about three levels, men and women who are ahead of you, men and women who are at your level, men and women who are coming after you. There is a need to discern these relationships, harness them properly, where there's a need to receive impartation and to share and to release, you will find it flowing through these three relationships. There's a need if we're going to impact and enter, have access to the marketplace, invade it and bring change. There's a need. So critical to a successful invasion, the federance of God's intent and purposes inside the regions of captivity. Macedonia, Philippi is one of them, where the whole city seems to have been held bound by the spirit of Python. In fact, down to the region of Ephesus, this spirit has strong influence. That we saw in the story when Paul had casted a demon out of the girl, this principality out of the girl, the whole city was in uproar. They were at the throat of Paul. They were bloodthirsty. That should tell you the, the level of 
that should tell you the, the level of what we are dealing with. The thing is so ruthless that it goes after blood. It's testing for blood. It wants to kill. It wants to annihilate. It feels satisfied in seeing blood spill. So God's intention and purposes for there to be a fendrance of it inside the regions of captivity, the territory securely held under the enemy. Incredible relationships ought to be discovered and forged. So we need to discover those relationships placed in our pathway and forge new ones. Sometimes, even before our arrival in the territory, we call these kingdom relationships. Kingdom relationships are bound up in purpose, fulfillment of divine purpose. Kingdom relationships are bind, bound up in seeing the intent and the plans of God come to pass. There's a need for this divine coordination. So we first of all see Paul and Silas harnessing together and hunting together. So there's a clear need that we hunt in packs. We go together. I cannot go without Kelvin. There's a saying that if you want to go faster and arrive before everybody go alone, but if you want to go very far, go together with people. If you want to go very far, don't leave people behind. Those relationships are critical if we're going to succeed in the marketplace. And we'll see some of them shortly. The first one I want us to just look at is the Lydia connection. No, the first one is Paul and Silas. So those relationships are critical. The second one is the Lydia connection. Is the Lydia connection. Look at Acts chapter 16, the verse 11 through 15. Um, again, let me just open my Bible. Acts chapter 16, the verse 11 through 15. It says, therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothras. And the next day came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of that part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in the city for some days. That is something we need to consider. Why were they staying in the city? What were they observing? It reminds me of Nehemiah in the book of Nehemiah chapter 2. The Bible tells us that Nehemiah said, um, we can flip to that. Just a quick one. We can flip to that. Nehemiah chapter 2. The Bible speaks of Nehemiah arriving inside um, Jerusalem. And in the verse 11, it says, So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. Then I arose in the night, I and a few men with me. I told no one what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Nor was there an animal with me, except the one on which I rode. And I went out by night through the valley gate to the serpent well and the refuse gate and view the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and its gates, which were burned with fire. Then I went on to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. So I went up 
in the night by the valley and view the wall. Then I turned back and entered the valley gate and so returned. And the officials did not know where I had gone, what I had done. I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, or others who did the work. Very, very, very interesting. Thereafter, he will now declare, after this viewing, after this recognizance experience, Nehemiah will now declare to the people, you have seen the condition in which we are. And then the people declared back and said, we shall arise and build. So Paul and um, Silas were in Macedonia for a few days and nobody perhaps might have noticed them. They probably may, might have been studying the city, trying to understand a few things, appreciating what is prevailing and all. And that is a very deep principle that the marketplace believer needs to embrace. Sometimes you need to go stealthy. You need to be potent, very powerful, setting the agenda, but be stealthy. You don't need to be conspicuous. You don't need to have a megaphone. You don't need to be known. You don't need to shut out. You need to just step in and just your presence in the environment will begin to create a lot of agitations in the spirit. There's a need that we change our style. It's not everything that we have a megaphone and we are screaming. It's not everything that we will throw out there on Facebook. It's not everything we will throw out there on social media. As powerful, helpful as social media will be. It's not everything we have to jump on radio. There are men who are doing tremendous work, but they are not on radio. They are not on TV. They don't have any television program doing tremendous transformational work, but they are not heard of. There's a need that we position ourselves correctly. Paul and Silas inside the city, and they were there for some days. This probably can kill somebody's anointing, but it is important that we remain powerfully anointed and very calm and relaxed as if nothing is happening as if nothing is happening, as if nothing is ongoing. That if I do not preach a Sunday morning on Facebook, how do I feel? How do I feel? If I do not preach Sunday evening at the, the equipping and empowerment meeting of Basilia, how would I feel if I should, for example, be on a date with Gilda and church service is ongoing and I don't even need to connect to, to um, Facebook to observe what is, how would I feel? There is a need that we have to be powerfully anointed but able to remain calm as if nothing is going on. The ability of containment to contain the power and the life force of God in this portrait. Verse 13, on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the women who met there. Now, 
Now, a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Titeria who worshiped God. The Lord opened her heart to hear the things spoken by Paul. And when she, she and her household, when, and when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded, she persuaded him. So the second principle, apart from the Paul and Silas relationship, the Kelvin-Mark relationship, the Zorina-Kelvin-Mark relationship, the Magik-Mark relationship, the, the Kersley-Kelvin relationship, all of those dynamics, apart from that, we need the Lydia connection. This is a woman that feared God. Now, did you see why um, that verse, verse 9, will make a bit of sense? Come and help us. Who was in the city? Who was in the region? Who was in that area? What were they enforcing? What were they doing? What were they being confronted with? So sometimes God will open doors and open certain opportunities for us, for, 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 for us to step into certain spaces. We must begin to seek out the connections. The Lydia connection. So Lydia, who was she? Lydia was a prominent businesswoman, but a believer in the marketplace. She was a prominent businesswoman who believed what Paul preached. And thereafter, it led to explosion. She opened the door and allowed her family to also enjoy of this and were baptized. She opened the door to the kingdom in Philippi, Macedonia, Philippi in Macedonia by bringing a household to the faith. And I call this where Paul and Silas turned the tables, I mean, the tables from which they ate. Tables turned into kingdom portals. The tables from which they ate turned into kingdom portals. That is to give you a certain sense of idea. Let me repeat it again. The tables from which we ate now changes to become kingdom portals where believers, kingdom citizens, now corralled to begin to strategize the next move. Let's look at the next. I'm going to, I'm going to stop very soon because this notes are a bit uh, loaded. The next one is the jailer connection. And let's read that, the jailer. Now we know that after Paul and Silas were seized and brought to the courtyard and blah, 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 eventually they threw them into the inner sanctum of the prison. In the verse 25 there, by... But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison, awakened from sleep, seeing and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the Prisoners had fled, drew a sword, and was about to kill himself. But Paul called out with a loud voice, saying, do, do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light, ran in, and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, says, what must I do to be saved? I mean, I read these verses and I'm, 
And I think we want to talk about it a bit before we, we end this call. Uh, all of us want to discuss it. So you want to, tell, you want to tell what you are seeing through these verses. The verse 31, so they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, you and your household. Did you see that? The impact, one of the features we're going to look about the Ecclesia is the wide ramifications of its impact. Lydia, a kingdom connection, boom, a household baptized. She opens the door of her house and tables now turn to portals of the kingdom. The jailer receives a word and it says that when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved and your household. Something about the ecclesia functionality makes salvation that happens within the four walls at, an, at, at this particular event once a week irrelevant. Something about this salvation transcends just me being born again and not impacting the world around me. Something about this salvation must begin to impact my father who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ. Something about this experience that I have had in Christ, something about the potency, that body validity of it needs to begin to impact every single person under my roof. When you come to work with me or work with my wife, it is, it is, it is an atmosphere of household being saved. Unless, of course, you don't want to plunge yourself into that, then you check out. So something about the jailer connection, we must examine. We need the jailer connection as well. I don't know what you see in this, but let's talk about it a bit. Let's talk about it a bit. Maybe we have about 30 minutes to go. So let's talk about this a bit. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you sensing? There is the rehab connection as well. What I call the fifth column dimension. Let me, let me touch on that and then we get talking. The rehab connection, what I call the fifth column dimension. I've forgotten a bit about the story, the history of the fifth column dimension, but it seems to have happened within the regions of the Spanish country. There was one general that wanted to topple, um, uh, is it Italy or Spain? I can't remember very well. I've forgotten the, the whole story. But the story goes like he wanted to topple this society and they raised high, wall, high walls and protection to prevent him from coming through. and. He actually, before invading and announcing himself, had established people within the society that were loyal to him. The Rahab connection, I have people already loyal to God. Even though Rahab was a prostitute, but she had a certain loyalty. I remember several years ago, I threw out a quiz to people. I said, did Rahab lie when the leaders of the society asked her, have you seen any spies? And she said, no, I think they came and they went the other way. Some said she lied and I said, no, Bible says by faith. Mark is having audio yes. trouble, so. Yes, Kelvin, I'm back. Is it good? 
Hello, Kevin. Can you hear me? We're good. We're good. We're back on. Sure. So here we are, friends. This is, We're these good. Are, We're back on. Great. So these are some of the things I want to share with you tonight. Next week, there is still, there is still something more to begin to look at when we let's talk to ourselves let's discuss this what are you seeing what are you hearing and i believe as you were hearing certain things were being birthed in your heart about your environment what you can do and all whether work whether where you live whether where you play whether the church where you fellowship in. I think um, one of the sessions I'll get to do again is how do we turn our local kingdom communities to become an emissary basis for releasing potent ecclesia forces into the world around us. Thank you. God bless you. So let's speak to these things and let it roll. Let it roll. Zorina, did I speak to your question in any way? Partly? Um, yes, you did. You, you kind of went over it. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Thank you. I, I think basically your answer is in fact, yes. Thank you. So let's speak to these things, friends. What are you hearing? What is burning in your heart? Because we are designing these conversations to provoke us to step beyond where we are and what we need to do. Thank you. Kelvin, please go ahead, sir. You are on, Kelvin. Kevin? Uh, I see you got, okay, so I can't hear you. Can anybody hear Kelvin? Okay, good. Yes, good. No, we can't. Struggling to hear you, Mark. Oh, you're struggling to hear me. Let me see. Is it good? Yes. Oh, thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. Um, one of the things that I, yes. Uh, keep talking, Mark. Keep talking, please. No, no. Keep talking. Oh, no, no, Kevin, I'm okay. Go ahead. I'm okay. Okay, I can't hear. Can't hear you now. I'm okay, so. So I was just basically saying that these conversations are designed to provoke us to step into an expansive capacity. Far too long, we stay within the four walls of the church. Far too long, we've only become relevant by um, 
being in an event in a specific meeting. Far too long, when uh, even COVID came, we saw a number of believers crumble. The stories, the conversations that we've had with people, we saw a number of believers crumble because they no longer have that um, breast to go back and drink from every, like, like to recharge their faith. They do not, no longer have this unaccelerated faith to keep things going without being pastor dependent, event dependent. People grew weary, people could not pray. Some people discovered God anew. We want to, we want to see a company of people creating impact in their little spaces and big spaces. So let's speak to these things. The uh, Paul and Silas connection, relationship, the Lydia connection, the jailer connection, the Rahab connection. I call it the fifth column dimension. So when this person was about to enter into, is it, is it Italy or Spain? Then they declared to her, you can't come here. But men from within arose and they caused the city to collapse, which gave access to this general. I've forgotten the name of the general, one uh, Spanish general. So God bless you all, friends. Let's speak to these things. Mark, I would like to say, um, first of all, with the Rahab connection, the Jailer connection, the Lydia connection, um, these, I, I love what you've laid out here, and it's just too much to really speak to right now, but I mean, it's a lot to unpack here, but these three connections, I think were important because with the Lydia connection, as a businesswoman, she never would have followed Paul if he was not ethical. She never would have followed him if he wasn't, because Paul was a tent maker too. So he, he had an appeal, I think, to, to commerce. He had a you know what it's like to be a businessman. So, but what I'm, what I'm seeing here is Paul's life. This woman was able to follow him because of his life. Um, so this makes a case for um, a, a sanctified life, a life that is pure, a life that is set apart. Um, then I'm going to move down to the jailer. When you, when you saw how God showed up in the jail, the first thing Paul says was, hey, we're all here. Don't do yourself any harm. This is not how we escape. This is just God showing up. We don't have to use this opportunity to cause harm to you. This is just God showing up. This is just God just um, manifest in this moment because of how we trusted him, how we've lived for him. So. You know, God will show up in our in, in, in our circumstances when our lives are pure before him um, so that the world can see something that is different. Sometimes people would have said, well, wow, are we going to use this opportunity? God just opened up the door. So let's break out. And, and that would have that would have caused that jailer to lose his job and maybe even perhaps be killed, which is Paul said, don't do yourself any harm. This is not how we leave. God has a way for our exit and it's not for your demise. And that's why salvation was able to come to his house because of Paul's integrity and their integrity. And so 
So we see the purity of their lives in that. Then we see Rahab, who was a harlot. These men were not trying to sleep with her. They had integrity. And so she hid them in her house because of their moral, ethical, principled lifestyle. So I think facing with the marketplace, it becomes crucial that our inner life is seen more than our outer life is seen. Our outer life is seen. And so this is what I see in each of these cases. In order to penetrate and to make real marks in, this, in these arenas, in these uh, atmospheres, we have to be pure. We have to be clean inside. That we, we, we will not be people who take bribes. We will not be people who take shortcuts. We will not be people who are unethical. We won't be people who lie. You know, that do all of these kind of things as the world does because our behavior is testifying. Our lifestyle is testifying before them the truth and reality of, of God. And so um, just on this slide alone, I mean, I am so full and my heart desires to improve in these areas in my own life. You know, um, it's a witness. It's a true witness. Um, I love the attitude of uh, Paul because look at what happened. God was through that moment, the man and his household, like you said, Mark, the men in his household were saved because Paul was ethical. What did he say? Don't do yourself harm. We are all here. We are all here. Oh, I'm telling you. And when God shows up like this, we don't have to take moments and we don't have to take um, advantage of people. You know, we don't get our blessing by someone giving us more change back market than what we gave them. That's not how our blessings come, you know, because they will get in trouble because their till will be off, you know? So we represent something totally different, even to our own hurt, if need be. So um, this is really good, Mark. So those are just some of my initial thoughts. Kelvin, thank you, sir. Let me, let me quickly chip in something before anybody jump in. Um, just on the back of, Things, some of the things that Kevin have said. And it's just one single thing I want to say. Um, I had a story of a pastor who preached powerfully in the States, uh, who preached powerfully on a Sunday. And then on a Monday, he jumped on a bus. I don't know how the, um, um, the transport system works, but I understood that when he jumped on a bus, he you actually, you actually pay. So you give the driver money and then the driver gives you a change. And when he gave the driver the money, the driver actually knew who he was, knew that he was a fiery preacher in town who would rebuke sin. And he gave him change in excess. He gave him change in excess. So this man sat on the bus until he got to his destination when he was about to alight or get off the bus. He went straight to the driver and gave him the excess change. And the driver said, I gave you the change just to see what you would do. That I knew that you were this preacher, so and so and so. And I wanted to see if you would live up to the word. This is severe test for integrity. So this is serious. And on that issue of purity, Kelvin was talking about, uh, it's something we want to uphold because 
The marketplace does not know that. They play by a set of rules. They play by a set of systems. And so long as that system, just look at the girl. There's so much about this um, slave girl possessed with the spirit of Python we can discuss. She's a slave girl. So just imagine the system of slavery keeps getting here to just channel the money. So you can be in a work environment and they don't care about certain critical factors and all and laws and um, corporate governance issues that are clearly um, to be followed. What they are interested in so long as the money is coming. And so long as we will be the guinea pig, we eat and we produce more, 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 more rabbits, we produce more, 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 more. We are not an elephant that will take like one year, two years to, pro to produce one. They are fine. So it behooves on us to believe in that space. And let's understand the potency, convertus Romanus. When we enter into a place, the legislation of heaven, the government of heaven has truly arrived in that place. And we see that through Paul and Silas. Thank you. Any, anyone else want to speak to some of these things? Any other thoughts? Well, 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 well. I think then we want to pray. Unless, of course, somebody, we can still, we can still have it. Okay. 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 I want us to just uh, pray for Kelvin and Brenda and family. I want us to just pray for them. In this season that um, they are grieving, in this season that they desire to seek closure, I want us to pray for them. I want us to pray for the presence of God to continue to be with them. I want us to pray the provision of God to continue to be with them. I want us to pray that they will have all mysteries resolved, all mysteries, all mysteries resolved. That they will live in that space of light. Every darkness will be dispelled so that they can have clear closure. I want us to pray, apart from spirit of God, presence of God being with them, closure. Um, I want us to pray that they will catch that revelation of Christ in the midst of all of this. What is God saying? What is God after? What is God after? How is God um, post? How has God postured Himself, revealing Himself through this series of events that, or this event that is taking place? I want us to to pray for them, the courage, the fortitude. So please. Um, let's just pray a lot. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise for Kelvin, Brenda, um, Sarah, your sister, your mother. We thank you for their grannies. We bless you, Father, for uncles and aunties and friends. Lord God Almighty, we thank you 
and pray that your presence. Mary said, how can this be? Mary said, how can this be? He said, the, the spirit from on high overshadowed. So we ask for the overshadowing power and presence from your, from your very presence, the refreshing times of refreshing from your very presence will come to this family, even in the midst of this group. We ask that the comfort of the Holy Spirit will stand by them, comfort them, strengthen them, give them the courage, the fortitude to be able to press through the season of life. We pray, Father, that they will live in the light. We pray that, Father, they will walk in the light. We pray that, Father, there shall be clarity, understanding in this matter. Lord, we ask that the, the pure strand of the revelation of Christ will come to them without any ambiguity. There will be clarity in your mind concerning what you're doing, what you are after, what you're seeking to achieve. Father, I pray for this family. I pray for provision. I pray for protection. We ask that the hand of Almighty God will press upon them, will press upon them like you spoke to Isaiah with a heavy hand. Yes, press upon them with a heavy hand. Let it be an embossment, a revelation of Christ. Let it be a revelation of self. Let it be clarity of purpose for individuals. Let people step into their destinies. Father, we give you all the praise in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Anyone else want to pray? You want to pray? Generally, you want to pray anything? Please, you can go ahead before we get on the call. All right. So let me say this. It will be very good for all of us to just take a moment and look at these four levels of connection that we've just spoken about. There's so much in them all that we need to do. So much. So much. But I've just um, attacked with a, with a broad brush. There is so much in each of these connections that needed to be studied carefully. There's an issue of partnership that is here. There's an issue of opening of doors to households that is here. There's an issue of the miraculous that is beyond the doing of man. That leaves the jailer at the position of, this is nothing but God. And began to ask about the way of salvation. There's something about all of this. The fifth column dimension living inside Jericho, inside the heart of wickedness. But that place is about to fall. So we need to really, really, really desire God, think about these things. And I want to encourage you, consider them, think about it. Read around them. Next week we meet, we'll want to start a conversation from there. Um, we throw in a few thoughts. And then we go to the next point. There are some very good points that we need to consider before we draw the curtain on, 
understand. And I'm going to speak apart from Paul's um, um, strategy for invading the marketplace. I'm going to also speak about Jesus Christ. Maybe I consider two points from Jesus Christ, the peace principle and uh, another thing. So uh, God bless you, friends. It's been wonderful. I'm happy we made it. When um, the recording is uploaded, please share it. Throw it out to somebody for you never know. Thank you so much. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you all. God bless you. Okay. So, Kevin, I'm done. Okay, Mark, we just ended recording on this side. All right, thank you. Okay. I appreciate we'll, we'll get this out to you as soon as possible. Thank you, I appreciate it. Yes, thank you, everyone. God bless you. Zarina, have a good one. God bless you, Zarina. You guys too. Thank God you. you so thank much. you. Be safe always. All right. Yeah. I feel I missed an opportunity there to pray for you. I did unmute my mic. My hands were busy. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Okay, good night. All right, good night. Okay, good, night. good night. Bye for now. Bye. Okay.